The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Hello, welcome back to Real Talk with MJ Sorority. On the last podcast, we talked about some weather patterns, some preparation techniques, and risk management tips for preparing for severe weather. We talked a little bit about the increase in the severity of severe weather that we're seeing due to climate change. And we wanted to talk today about how that is impacting the cost of property claims. So we kind of covered the the severe weather last week. We'll do a little bit of that today, and then we're going to dive into some other factors that are influencing property claims. Great. And this is Allison. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> but the two main factors that are influencing the increasing cost of property claims are, in a nutshell, the weather patterns, as well as just inflation affecting increased cost of construction. So those two things together are kind of the big factors driving up this uh, rising cost of property claims. So the main thing we're observing is a substantial change in the dollar amount of the average property claim. And just to give you an idea, that comes out to since 2015, we've seen an increase in 223% of the average property claim dollars paid on and a that's property just, claim. Yeah, just that's for just the sorority us. book, yep. sorority mm-hmm. program. Yes, that's right, Sarah. So just for the sorority program. And obviously that's an alarming jump to only in six or seven years go up by over 200%. Um, we're used to that going up a little bit year over year, um, maybe in single digit uh, percentage increases, but that's a big jump. When we anticipate this will continue to increase in the short term, Again, the obvious reasons have to do with cost of construction, which is a result of the cost of materials and more recently cost of labor as well, and access to materials or supply supply chain disruption. So just like so many other industries right now, we're seeing costs rise. And if you've tried to do any work on your home or anything on your own personal property, you know firsthand just how difficult it can be waiting for supplies to come in, waiting on wait lists to get with a contractor because there's just not enough contractors to go around to do the work in many places. 
you can hire that contractor. They may not have enough labor on staff currently to get the job done as quickly as, as usual. And so all of those things kind of roll together or what influences that increased cost of construction. We've also heard horror stories in the past summer of the cost of lumber going up as high as five times the cost. A recent uh, national contractor was quoted, uh, somebody we've worked with and, and know has said that it is 17% more expensive to build a new building today as it was only a year ago. Um, so again, that's a lot of those increases over time have been in just the last couple of years, those have jumped a lot. Um, and I would even venture to say, you know, there's been more demand as people have been home more in the past few years for these kinds of projects. And so things, the housing market is going nuts um, and continues to go nuts for now. And so uh, you might not at first think that influences insurance, but it sure does. It affects us too. Uh, yes. So the, all of these things that we're seeing in the, as Allison mentioned, you know, if you pick up any newspaper lately, you're seeing the kinds of things that she's talking about. And then that obviously impacts if you have a covered cause of loss at your property and have to do some either major or even minor work, it's going to be more expensive to do so and therefore driving up the cost of claims. We're seeing this, obviously, as, as Allison mentioned, exacerbated by the effects of the pandemic, but this was already kind of on the increase anyway because of as we mentioned last week, this increasingly severe storms and weather due to climate change. So especially tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, you know, seeing more, more named storms for longer parts of the hurricane season, hailstorms, significant increase in wildfires as, as we've seen during the past several wildfire seasons. Even something we don't think about, but that we saw a lot of claims was the the polar vor vortex last winter, which affected 15 states. And we saw a lot of water damage claims from. So even severity, meaning the cost of the claims going up, but also the frequency of the claims too. And so all of these trends obviously cause a significant increase in the average cost of a claim. And we call these claims that are due to weather in the insurance world, they're called acts of God, and they're very difficult to use risk management to prevent some of those, especially like the ones we talked about in the previous podcast, tornadoes, hurricanes, wildfire somewhat, although the wildfires, there are maybe a little bit more things you can do to help your property. But then other perils like water damage, theft and vandalism, fires caused at the property, not, you know, from a faulty wiring or something like that. Those are perils or risks that have some opportunities to prevent or minimize with risk management. Whereas the weather-related claims generally don't provide the same opportunities. But again, we did go over some risk management techniques for those weather-related claims in the last podcast that we will link to in the show notes. And then we have a ton of resources on the website about some preparatory things that you can do to minimize that risk and minimize the the danger to to your members and employees at the chapter house and those kinds of kind of events. So we we have to kind of use a multi-prong approach to this increase in property claims knowing that there's a few or maybe several different types of pressures that are influencing this this increase in claim dollars and claim frequency that we're seeing. Definitely, Sarah. So 
circling back to construction, we're seeing if you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, so what do we do with our insurance values in light of all of this going on? And, and is our premium adequate to cover just these changes that are going on? The, we're seeing new construction come in at a minimum of $200 per square foot. In places like California, it's more like a minimum of $350 a square foot. So it is influenced by your region. Very seldom do we see anything under 200 a square foot. Um, and we would be shocked if you can really find contractors locally that can do new construction at that cost. And the reason we talk about replacement costs for new construction, you may think, but aren't the majority of claims not for the whole building? But that's how we value your properties is with replacement cost. So meaning, what would it cost to, to fully reconstruct your property if the whole thing got swept away by a tornado? What would that cost to rebuild it? And so that's why it's important to look at what would be the cost of new construction? Should something need to somebody need to come in and repair um, and indemnify you to get you whole again after a weather event, like one of the ones Sarah mentioned, or some other catastrophe that kind of levels your property. So I'm looking at near and, oh, go ahead, Sarah. That's part of the insurance policy is really a contract too. If Mm -hmm. you think about it, if we go back to kind of some of our insurance basics podcasts that we've recorded before. So part of your role in the contract as a property owner is that you've you've insured the the property to value. Mm-hmm. And so to Allison's point, you need to think about, you know, if something catastrophic happened and you had to rebuild from the ground up, what that amount would be. We have things in the policy that protect you if it's not exactly right. Um it's but you want to be close and not vastly either underinsured or overinsured in terms of your property limits. And that's something that If you are curious about, we'll put a link in the show notes to request an insurance overview, which has the limits for each, for your individual uh, chapter property too. So you can check on that for yourself and maybe get in touch with your client executive if, you know, that doesn't look right to you. Definitely. And, you know, your region does matter where your location is in all of this. Um, because some of this valuation will be further complicated in areas that are catastrophe prone by the fact that potentially thousands of insured businesses would be seeking construction and professional services in the event of one of these catastrophes, such as roofers and other trades, they would all be taxed and maxed out all at once. And kind of picture the same phenomenon, you know, when there's snow, people who snow, who have snowplow businesses, they're suddenly in demand everywhere all at once. Or people who are in the tree business, when a huge storm is swept through, they suddenly have to be everywhere all at once. And so when there's that much demand, it also skyrockets the cost of that fix, as you can imagine, and you may have experienced yourself. Um, So to begin repairs on properties at the same time can often be another factor that influences just the rising cost of these claims related to weather events. Uh, and as a result, the cost of labor and materials will, will increase substantially, often 10 to 15% increases, which, as I said, would impact the cost of the claim. So again, we're not trying to be chicken little, sky is falling. We just, as your insurance uh, expert and risk management consultant, we like to watch these trends to see what's going on in the market so that it's not a surprise. Um, and as you see trends going on in your own personal insurance coverage and the sorority 
insurance coverage that you may manage, uh, which may be why you're tuning, tuning in right now. Uh, as you see those rising costs, we wanted to give you some of these uh, kind of hard data of the real percentages we're seeing stuff going up so that um, it's easy to just say, oh, construction costs and weather, but we're seeing these numbers increase way more than even we are used to seeing in, in a normal business year. Um, and so that's why we're trying to keep a pulse on it and make sure we bring this information to you. Yes, exactly. Well said. So just to um, reiterate what we had talked about in terms of you as an insured evaluating the proper building and contents limits to make sure that those values represent what it would take to replace that property. And as a reminder, your building limit is what it would take if there was a catastrophic loss and you had to replace the entire facility. And then your contents refers to the chapter house corporation owned property at the facility. So furniture, composites, you know, kitchen equipment, if it's not permanent, things along those lines would fall into that contents limit. And the sorority national insurance program provides coverage to repair and replace for like kind and quality so if it's, we usually use the example, like if your, your bathroom is 20 years old, we're not going to replace it with 20 year old materials. We're going to replace it with like kind and quality. And then your obligation there is to have your values at least at 90% of replacement cost. That kind of protects you, protects the insurance company. And we just wanted, as Allison said, to go over all of these different factors that are influencing those valuations so that you can adequately review your own limits and make sure that you are meeting your obligation in the contract. And so that is why this all matters, I think, is that all these different factors are driving up the cost of property claims and that you want to make sure that if there is a loss at your facility at your chapter that you are adequately covered and not un, underinsured for the for the replacement cost to make that claim run smoothly. It also we want to make sure that we are kind of holding up our end of the bargain as the insured and our job as the insur- as your insurance agent is to make sure the insurance company is holding up their end of the bargain too kind of keeping everybody honest. Anything else that brings us home, Allison? What we've been I talking. Think you covered it, Sarah. I think we've talked about why why valuation matters, why why construction costs are going up, why weather events are tangibly changing in the patterns we're seeing from a business sense. Um, and so, just keeping all these things in mind, it might be worth you know if you're doing any current projects at your sorority chapter facility or at your own personal home or any properties you own or manage, just to kind of talk with contractors, see what they're seeing in, in your area um, in terms of these trends. And I would imagine that they're seeing something similar. They may be even seeing more inflated rates or weather events, depending on regionally where you are and, and what the supply chain is like in that area. But just always, as MJ, trying to keep you up to date on what's going on in the insurance world. So hopefully this has been a helpful little more detailed explanation if you're getting challenged on why are insurance rates going up? Why are property fixes costing so much more today than they used to? Um, Hopefully this gives you a little more detail to back that. That's great. Uh, We do have some 
resources that we will link to in the show notes about how to help you determine those limits in addition to kind of those those things that Allison talked about. Um, and as always, please reach out to your client executive who is happy to walk you through those kinds of conversations. So we are going to turn to how we usually end the podcast, which is sharing what we can't stop talking about lately. So why don't you go first, Allison? Sure. So I just walked watched a show that I think is relatively new on Apple TV called Severance. Uh, and it was an interesting concept of a show. Uh, if you have not seen it without spoiling anything, the, the concept is essentially that these uh, office workers live in a world where a mega company has figured out how to implant a chip in your brain that would separate your memories and just cognitive awareness at work and at home in the rest of your life. So when you go to work, you don't remember any of your personal self or home life or what any of your life was like outside of work. And then at home, you don't remember anything you've been doing at work. Um, and it's an interesting uh, just concept with lots of moral implications, uh, lots of kind of scary parallels to, to things we see going on in our world today, but just makes you think and made me think specifically getting to work on the MJ Sorority team that I know I really enjoy and appreciate how crazy it would be to not have any personal connection to my coworkers yeah. to just come and, and not be able to bring these personal stories and personal motivation and inspiration for why we do what we do um, into our jobs and to have that totally be separate would um, be a crazy feeling, I think. Yeah, good point. I've heard like good things about the show, but also that it's creepy. It's a little <laughs> dark. Yeah. So you want to buckle up for that. If, uh, <laughs> if you're interested, it feels slightly sci-fi. Uh, the setting is, it looks, it almost looks like Mad Men a little bit in a little 1960s office and some things look kind of analog, which is interesting. Uh, but then other things look very uh, cutting edge and modern, minimalist, kind of up-to-date style. So it's an interesting mix and feels a little eerie for sure. Uh, but they, it was one of the best cliffhangers of any series I've seen. That's definitely setting up for another season. So um, nice. yeah, that's my little plug for Severance. We'll have to check that one out. We're giving Apple TV a break until Ted Lasso comes back. So. Uh, yes, we were doing that until my partner re-signed us up for Apple. Just <laughs> So we at least have it for the month. Um, <laughs> that's any testament to the show. But well, yeah. We'll double up. We'll double up once uh, Ted Lasso's out. Watch that too. I haven't been reading much fiction. I've just had some different books for this class I'm taking that are just more nonfiction. But anyway, I found from the library this book. I had never heard of it, but the you know the back of it sounded good. It's called Once Upon a River by Diane Setterfield, and so it turned. I really liked it. It's like a a little bit fantasy. I really like books or stories where the place itself is a character and the, it's sort of about the River Thames in England. It's set in England, some town, and you kind of get the idea that it's about the Thames, but I don't even know if it actually says that. But the river is obviously a character in the story. Always excited because I really liked her writing style. And their, her first novel is, I was trying to find it, is the 13th tale, which they're making into a movie. So, and I hadn't, I think that's her more popular one. So I already 
check or put that on hold at the library. So if you're looking for, I feel like it would be a good, uh, just a really good story, good character development. So I would recommend it. I hadn't read a good, good story in a while. I was excited to kind of, you know, you always, if you haven't read one in a while, you, when you're kind of in a book drought, it's always nice to get out of it <laughs> a bit. Definitely. So yeah. Good. Well, Dad, you, you always keep me on my toes and wanting to get back to reading by all of your good book <laughs> Even if you feel like you haven't been reading as much as normal for you, it's still something I aspire to. Oh, well, thanks. Well, you keep me on my toes on my good film and art and all that <laughs> good stuff. So, and music. So we're even. <laughs> <laughs> good. All well, right. See everybody next time on the Real Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com, to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.